It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know, Nate, when we started this show, what was it, forever ago in the middle of the winter, and it was like dark at 2.30 in the afternoon, this music really vibed with basketball, with Bryce Jordan Center, just this like, you're driving, the lights are dim. I guess it fits though, Nate, because we're playing basketball at 9.55 tonight. Welcome to the Hoop Show. I'm Thomas Frankar, Nate Bauer, insider for Penn State Basketball. We're breaking things down a little bit, uh, you know, up against the shot clock with uh, the game coming up tonight, but we got plenty of time. So if you're listening to us on the podcast version, thanks for uh, letting us be your pregame to Penn State for the first time since 2011 being the NCAA tournament. Nate, uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Sorry to all of the listeners for not having done this sooner life life got in the way a little bit uh yeah but yeah big big uh big big run for penn state obviously you know sunday feels like a lifetime ago at this point but to get to through illinois through northwestern through indiana and then really you know <laughs> when it was like oh okay they they finally got caught up to purdue clocked them just the way that purdue was supposed to do yeah there, there they are they're they're, they're the uh, the cardiac kids are again trying to you know really putting and pushing purdue to the test all the way down to the wire yeah uh, in what was a a really just a an all-around gritty uh big 10 tournament right yeah it, it yeah was just a, it was just such a good performance for them uh, and and obviously so many ramifications from that, right? Yeah, were able to get themselves into the NCAA tournament. They eliminated all doubt, which was was kind of a a, a moving target from that Maryland game to end the regular season <laughs> until yeah. they got through. Really, like okay, well then they beat Illinois, and it, okay, they're they're in at least the first four. Then they get through Northwestern. Now it's about seeding. Yeah. Uh, then they get through Indiana. Now it's wow. Cause I mean, could they get up into the eight, nine game? Right. And so, yeah, it was, it was just a, a, a big accomplishment for this basketball program. They were highly entertaining all the way through the big 10 tournament. And, um, you know, that I remember just the Zach Eady goes to the bench, uh, with five minutes left in the game. And I thought to myself, okay, they, they need to get 10 points in the next three minutes. And, my God, they almost did it. Like they almost yeah. did it. And it was just, that was really impressive. The, the to have a, a look at a shot there at the final buzzer with the travel and how that's, you know, a very frustrating way to end the, I guess the regular season before this postseason play, even though the tournaments are always weird to me. I don't know whether I call them regular postseason because they're, they're all leading up to the actual postseason, but neither here nor there. Um, 
we're not talking necessarily about uh, that particular game because there's been so much going on, Nate. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we, we had some technical difficulties, so we won't have as much Micro Shrewsbury as we normally do. But uh, this program has blossomed under head coach Micah Shrewsbury to be in this position and to be in this position in year two. So yeah. the level of support for the program, I, one, it's been so crazy to see like how active people are on just on the message board but message board internet twitter this team people care about it now don't they they do they do and i think for micah shrewsbury it's a matter of how much how much do they care how much right. does penn state care how much does right because look let's let's cut through all of the uh the weeds a little bit here penn state has been working on extending Micah Shrewsbury, right? And and we've been through all of this. For anybody who listened to me uh, talking during the James Franklin's contract negotiations, this is going to sound awfully familiar because so much of it aligns with, yeah. right? You, you, first of all, you, you don't get to the end of your contract, right? You, you get to, you get a few years in and then you redo your contract. That right. was James Franklin. That was the case with James Franklin. It is the case with Micah Shrewsbury. And so you might be saying to yourself, oh, he's only two years into his contract. Why would they redo it? Uh, because that's how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's done. If you're if you're on a five-year deal, you redo it after two years, maybe the third, but you certainly don't get into the last two years. You're you're trying to build momentum, you're trying to recruit, you're trying to do all this stuff. And so Penn State, Pat Kraft, his staff have tr- have been trying to work through a contract negotiation with Micah Shrewsbury. And, you know, let's be honest here. Micah has had some great successes. Penn State has had some great successes under his leadership. They've had some dicey moments. They've had some games that have not gone their way, right? Some, some, Some disappointing losses, games that maybe they were expected to win that they weren't able to. Obviously, that Rutgers game is going to stick in people's minds. Uh, towards the end of the season, but throughout, when you look at the the whole, and certainly over the last four weeks, as they won eight of nine games at one point, and then obviously eight of ten once they lost to Purdue, and had this kind of unprecedented success for for Penn State basketball, perceptions have changed. In January, you had. Uh, Micah being floated as maybe a name of interest. It wasn't really a solid report that Notre Dame mm-hmm. was going to pursue Micah Shrewsbury. It was just kind of, oh, well, this is a guy who would be on their radar. Right. Hey, what about, you know, makes what sense. About? Right. Right. And so, so that started then Georgetown and what they might do with Patrick Ewing made its way into uh, circulation really. And so as that was happening, Penn state's trying to lock down a contract with, with Micah to extend him. And, you know, uh, I think it went a little back and forth, right? You, you, you had, a, you had a guy who had the downs of four straight losses and maybe the luster came off a little bit in terms of, Hey, what, 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 where he was trying to take Penn State basketball to get to the NCAA tournament might not happen. Or, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, in some ways it was not going to happen. They yeah. needed, they took every, they took every inch of space that they possibly had and every used percentage all of, of the margin. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, 
Is that you know, short-sighted that... though? So so we talk about like I think yes. in, in business you want to you want to have a long-term view. You want to have the view of not what's happening right now, but like what's the body of work? What do we know about this individual? What have we seen in terms of progress from last year to this year? The whole thing, like the whole yep. shebang. So yep. for it to be so micro, yeah, it seems like that is a very unsmart way of doing things. I think that they're uh, look, we live in the here and now in a lot of ways. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily blame it when you put it in the context of what Penn state basketball has been for forever. Right. If, if Penn state had, let's say they lose to Maryland and lose the second game of the big 10 tournament. And they're a two seed in the NIT or a three seed in the NIT that fits. Yeah. That fits the yeah. MO of Penn state basketball. That's what a good season looks like for Penn state basketball. Not a great season, right? A great season looks like getting to the NCAA for the, the third time period since 2001. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just, I mean, I was in high school. Uh, and so it just, it just doesn't happen, but that's, that's the differentiator. That's the difference between what could have happened and what has happened. And so, in between there, you've got to figure out, okay, is is Micah the guy? Yes, Micah's the guy. Uh, how much can be invested into Micah, into the Penn State basketball program, into the NIL infrastructure to get it up to where it needs to be? Like all of those things were are there for uh, on the negotiating table. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, it's this constant kind of back and forth and, and, and let's cut to the chase. Penn state being as successful as they have over the last four weeks without a contract having been signed changes the dynamic. Yeah. Significantly, significantly to where Mike Shrewsbury has uh, the chalk as the kids say, right? Like right. He, he's, he's got the ball in his hands and is, is really able to, he's in a position of leverage to be able to say to Penn state, listen, uh, all of these certain things, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, if it's not a laundry list, it should be because mm -hmm. certainly anyone who's followed Penn state basketball, it doesn't take a wild imagination to come up with areas of deficiencies, Right. Like yeah. they, they've got to get better at, at this, 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 and this, uh, you know, funding and, and uh, I mean, you name it recruiting budget, yeah. like any of NIL those NIL is a huge NIL, thing NIL, 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 NIL. About. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's a huge thing. It's the main thing. It's the yeah. main thing because if you can't, if you don't have NIL, you cannot recruit and you yep, cannot influence this competition. Yeah. Correct. correct. And so for all these guys, they all want to win. And, and they're looking at what the picture of how to win is in today's college basketball. And that's it. It mm -hmm. is. Do you have the money to be able to attract top talent to say, this is the standard of what you can expect to earn for yourself as a Penn state basketball player, Penn state football does it. Penn state football is able to say, Hey, this is what the standard is. This is what you can expect as yeah. a Penn state football player. Can Penn State basketball before the last month? I, I would argue no. They they right. couldn't. Not not in any 
reasonable way or impressive way, but now it's also, hey, can you keep the guys that you have? And for a Penn State team that has some really intriguing players in its true freshman class, they don't have to worry about keeping Jalen Pickett. He's he's gone. Right. Right. Andrew Andrew Funk, they're gone. Like they're all there's seven guys that aren't going to be back next year. Uh, certainly Seth Lundy has to figure out what he's going to do, but I've said it for three months now. I mean, the all trends, all signs point to him being gone. Um, but if you want to keep Keba, Jai, and you want to yeah. keep Evan Mahaffey and Kanye Clary and um, Jameel Brown, like you got to have something because other people are going to have something that they're willing to uh, to, to bring them in. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a major thing. That's, that's kind of where they're at. So now it's over the last th- three weeks, four weeks, we've all kind of danced around it a little bit in terms of, Hey, what's needed within the program? What, what kind of momentum are you seeing? Do you need to capitalize on it? Right. Like on and on and on, because asking straight up rarely gives you an insightful answer to somebody who's in the middle of a contract negotiation, but a friend of the friend of the program, Dave Jones at Penn live, uh, you you know, he, he does not necessarily have that filter. And so he, yesterday in Des Moines kind of went straight up and asked Micah the question that, you know what, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, I don't like, there's been a lot of those, right? I got, I got that question last week at the at the Big Ten tournament. I told our guys after the Rutgers game that I felt like I let them down as a coach. And I, I didn't feel like I did my best. So I told them that it'll never happen again, right? That's all I'm focused on is being that person for them, all right? This is – We've just played four games in four days. We've had our backs against the wall for three weeks. And now I'm getting ready to coach my first opportunity as a head coach to be in an NCAA tournament game. I don't have time to focus on anything else but just being the best version for these guys. And that's all I'm focused on. When the, when the offseason comes, then I can focus on other things. But I'm tunnel vision on playing this game for our guys tomorrow. Yes, no, I don't know question. I guess that's, I don't know. Is that accurate? It's an I don't know question. I don't, for all the things that you laid out before, whether he's the head coach for next year or not, I don't know. That is not a place you want to be in. (laughs) That's not a great place if you're Penn State Athletics. Um, Yeah, so what's next? You know, how how do you go that from I I don't know to, to know? Yeah, so like, kind of, kind of, it's not a good place to be. But also, we just have to remember that uh, Penn State just went through this, and now, granted, uh, you know, Sandy Barber and Pat Kraft aren't the same negotiators; they're not the same people at the table, and neither are James Franklin and Micah Shrewsbury. But if you recall, James Franklin spent most of the fall of 2021, once questions started to pop up about his contract, saying the same thing. Yep. Right. For for yep. all intents and purposes, like that, that was his answer was he could, he wouldn't give a straight answer. And that frustrated the heck out of Penn state fans, but also was a, a leverage point for James Franklin right. to get and squeeze as much juice out of Penn state to make a commitment into Penn state football as he possibly could. All right. I, 
I'm not going to tell you all what to think, but I see this very much in the same vein of, Mm. Hey, he, it is, it is not a situation where it's so simple for him to just say, yeah, you know what? I I got a better offer and I'm going to take it right. Cut and dry. This is wrapped up. I'm not interested. I don't want to sit at the table and even have these negotiations because somewhere else is better. Got news for you. uh, Notre Dame has issues of its own, has, has things that it needs to work out. It is also the second fiddle in the pecking order of football versus basketball, right? Right. Fan support, you, you name it. There, there are a lot of things there that are not, I'm not going to say that they're not in some ways better, but they they don't blow you away. I guess that's my point is they don't blow you away so much that Michael Shrewsbury isn't going to be interested in saying, Hey, what, what can be done and pounding the table for it, even though he's much more subtle about it, pounding the table for how to get those things done. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And I'll, I'll say this for you, because I always learn a lot. from In the same way that a lot of our message board members learn things from Nate or from Ryan or Fitz when it comes to, hey, here's what we know, talking to sources. And where you do that is bluewhiteillustrated.com on the Lions Den message forum. Uh, Nate, earlier today, spelled out what he knows uh, about that stuff in more concrete details than we're talking about here on the podcast. So if you are not yet a member, do it. Subscribe $10 for four months of access. That is our spring football special. I know we're talking about basketball here, but it's our spring football special. Don't don't get it crossed. Just take the advantage of four months for 10 bucks. Get the inside information because this isn't one way or another, Nate. This is not going away. If Micah Shrewsbury, if he is retained as the coach, he gets a contract extension. We're going to hear about all the things that he won in this negotiation. If he's not, there's going to be a coaching search, and Nate is going to be plugged into what you need to know there. So it is well worth your time. If you're listening to this show, you love Penn State basketball. You want this to be good. You want this team. You want to know more. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Sign up there. Um, So I I just derailed myself completely with that stump speech for your inside stuff. (laughs) Where where are we going next? Can I just... Can I just chime in real quick on the pitch and just say, if you did just listen to that, and if you did sign up or are going to sign up for our our site based on that, please tell us, please let us know that you're listening to this show and that that's what you came for, because it it really does help us in terms of gauging uh, how we shape our our coverage, really, of, of Penn State basketball. So that's always very, very helpful to kind of get that insight. So. 
Yeah, just and how, how we just do the all this stuff on my end, too. Like, we want to make sure we give you a lot of great stuff here, but we can't give you everything. And if you're cut, if, if this is the honey that's getting you in the trap, like, let me know. Like that helps a lot too. So we know how much sure. we want to do and where we want to go. Um, so, uh, the, the alignment between the two sides, yep. um, Pat Kraft is a big figure here and he has publicly said, Michael Shrewsbury is going to be the coach going forward. They want to win at basketball. Yes. I want to win at basketball and says all the right things publicly. Um, I, again, this is, this is a delicate question. I don't want to go into too many of the, yeah. the hard details, but like, is he full of it? Like, is he being truthful? Is there a limit to it? Like it, it, if you're a Penn State fan, should you feel optimistic about this moment or should you feel like this is one that could get away? Um, that's a great question because I think it's, it's probably both right. Um, uh, Patcraft is a motivated, confident guy. Okay. And so is, would I or anyone else have put basketball at the forefront of his plate as the reason he was hired to, to come to Penn state? No, of course not. He, he yeah. is here to fix football and to get football where it needs to be. That is, that is why they hired him. Uh, and it is why all of the comments that you're hearing from James Franklin are about, how great things are. He's been very happy. (laughs) Yeah. But, but not just publicly very happy, (laughs) not just Pat craft. It's Neely Ben and it's Mm -hmm. Matt Schuyler on the board of trustees. So when you have those influences all pulling the rope in the same direction, that's, that's a dream, right? That's exactly what you want because you're, you're as the coach, you're able to say to them, Hey, uh, here are the things that I need. Um, this is the direction that we want to go. And so the more that you're on board with those things, the, the the better chance there is of getting there. But also the other side of it, of Pat Kraft and Neely Bendapudi saying to James Franklin, what do you need? What, h- right. How can we help you? I was thinking of this. These are things that we thought might be useful in this pursuit. And so for Micah Shrewsbury, I think that you're asking yourself, how much is Pat Kraft thinking of that? Yeah. How, how much? How much time? Right. Uh, how much is his staff thinking of that? How much is Neely Bendapudi thinking of that? Where does this rank in priority for Penn State University and for Penn yeah. State athletics? Because if everyone's being honest with themselves, the answer f- historically for a hundred years is not at all. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Not, not a priority. Uh, it is a, can it? Yeah. I I think, I think that it can, I think that there are elements of wishful thinking in terms of, Hey, you know, is this, is this like poised to become a massive boon to, to Penn state athletics? I, I would argue probably not, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that there isn't room for exponential growth, right? right? It doesn't mean that you can't recoup the investment that you make if you're going to pour resources and energy and time and all of those things, right? Capital. If you're going to pour that yep. into the program, yep. can you get it back uh, from a purely donor ticket side of things? I don't know the answer to that, but what I do think is you can gain there are so many 
Penn State fans out there, pure Penn State fans, right? They just, they like football. They want to watch Penn State football who are open to the idea and would be tickled pink to watch a Penn State basketball team win, right? right? Like everybody yeah. gets the March Madness and Penn State fans have their other team, right? Whether yep. that's Villanova or or whatever their rooting interest is, it's it's always something else other than Penn State basketball. I think that there is tremendous untapped potential for Penn State basketball to gain fans and gain donors in the process. Mm-hmm. But it it just it's going to take that commitment, that alignment that Michael Shrewsbury talked about on Wednesday. He he talked about how every place that he's been, right? So whether it was Butler or Purdue, obviously the Celtics are a different animal altogether, but yeah. those two places, it's like everybody that you're you're if you are in or around that those programs, everyone's all in. And mm-hmm. there's no real question about it. It's not about hey, like factions or divisions or anything along those lines. It is very yeah. simply how can Butler basketball win? How can Purdue basketball win? And they get that support based on it. I yep. don't know that that has always been the case. Is it because Penn State. is it because it's viewed as a zero sum game or a a place with no gain? So what I'm saying here is are we pitting football and basketball against each other where if we now pay attention to basketball then football suffers or is it more of what you said earlier of what's the ROI going to be on this? What's the return on our investment in basketball? Um and I think some people maybe think there are probably a, a fear-based thought that a lot of people have is, well, does this take away from football? So does right. it? No, not necessarily. It doesn't have to. Could it take away from other non-rev sports? Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but this is this is major college athletics at this point. And if you want to win, this is what's required to do so. And it's, and it's all out there, right? There's, yeah. there's no, there's no hidden agenda of, I mean, first of all, Penn state has to catch up in a lot of ways anyway. Yeah. Facilities wise, it can compete. It's okay on that end. It's not, it's not the best, but they can get you there. But where NIL was in December when Michael was on this show and said that 14th out of 14, you can't compete. Yeah. You're not, you're not at a place where you, where you can compete to that end. So no, I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting just because you have so many different perspectives. I think that you have some level, <coughs> excuse me, of, of being held back by the notion that NIL should be used to support everyone. Mm-hmm that NIL should be an avenue that the university uses or not the university, but the athletic department via its partner, right. In the NIL space, <coughs> excuse me, partners in the NIL space that you should use this because well, football already gets a great package basketball. You, you by default, you're getting a great package. There's all this support for you uh, in terms of what your experience is as a Penn state athlete. Yeah. And so some of those funds should be distributed elsewhere, right? Fairness. Uh, more right. support for uh, wrestling is is easy to pick on, but I don't think that that's 
the biggest issue here. It's it's like okay, how many funds are going to go from fan support towards? I, I don't want to pick anybody, but right. field hockey you know, or, or whatever. You know. Like, you know the you know the teams. <clears throat> you know the sports. Men's yeah. soccer, right? Wh- yep. Whatever, whatever it is, uh, swimming and diving. You, they're all out there, and it's just a question of how do you want to compete? Because if you want to compete, you're trying to model yourselves after the best that are out there. And yeah. Penn State has not done that. They didn't do it in football, but now they are. Can they get there in basketball? It's a big question, and it's and it's one that I think that they're trying to answer right now, but it's going to demand an affirmative answer before you see Micah Shrewsbury recommit himself to, to Penn State basketball. So if it, like you like Nate said earlier, if this sounds familiar, it's because this is the one time the head coach has leverage to to win off the court. So we'll see. And I'm excited to listen to what Nate has to say as he learns more about it. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, just mm-hmm. I got word it like 10 minutes ago when we were talking. Penn State's in the NCAA tournament tonight. What? They're playing a basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, an actual basketball game tonight. So, what do we know? <laughs> what do we know about Texas A and M? <laughs> what do we want to talk uh, about when it comes to Texas A and M in the tournament? We're going to talk about them in the most general terms possible because, and I told you this before the show. Like, I I'm not a Texas A and M expert, okay, yeah. and I don't want to sit here and make it seem like I've studied film to the point where I can break down exactly what they are. I can't. Uh, I can tell you what the vibe and the buzz has been within Penn state basketball in terms of the perception of this game. And it is very much a look, Texas AM AM is going to get to the free throw line. Their guards are very good, right? Taylor is very good. Radford is very good. Uh, And they're, they're just going to have to do their best to withstand this really two point centric attack right i mean they're just they're yeah. just trying to get to the rim all the time they have some big men who are physical and uh they rebound the guards rebound everybody rebounds they get they have an incredible rate i believe it's sixth in the country for offensive rebound percentage so Oof. of of their misses that's right? not a good matchup <laughs> of their misses well it just depends because penn state's defensive rebounds are actually pretty good like overall, yeah. I mean, better than you would think, but it, it's going to be a, a remarkable matchup based on, the, like I said, they're sixth in the country because they get 37% of their misses back. Yeah. So they're getting second looks all the time uh, and they're, they're able to cash in on that. They do not shoot three point shots like overall as a team. They don't. I think that uh, I pulled a stat. Andrew Funk. Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd combined have more three-point attempts than their entire team this season. So, right, the, like yeah. that gives you a little <laughs> bit of an idea of where it falls in in terms of their priorities as a team. But no, it's 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 interesting because certainly, uh, I wouldn't say that anyone at Penn State was thrilled. To, to get this matchup in the first round, right? I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, that's been, you that's get... been the vibe all over the place. It's like, wow, this, 
this was a really crappy matchup that doesn't seem like it was they got hosed a little bit. But also it's 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 a it's an intriguing matchup just based on the differentiating styles, right? Penn State, yeah. if Penn State is open, can get itself open. This is not a Texas AM team that appears to crush you or suffocate you on the perimeter the way that some teams have done to Penn State this season. Like Penn State's gonna get open looks. And so if yeah. they hit those looks and get hot as shooters. Penn State should be in business. Like Penn yeah. State should very much be competitive, but it's kind of this combination of, all right, the 10 seed, you kind of expect it based on what the, the season record was and the net and all of those things. That's fine. But nobody expected Texas A&M to be a seven seed. Yeah. That's that's the hangup yeah. is Texas A&M is like a five seed or a four seed. Like this is a team that went to the SEC uh, final, they finished second in the SEC. I mean, they want they went 15 and three in the SEC. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, a lot of people have talked about this being uh, a penalty towards Buzz Williams for comments that he made about last year's selection committee, right? Like just catching up to them. But if you're Penn State, you don't really care. <laughs> like the penalties yeah. to you, right? The right. penalties not to Texas A&M. The penalties to you. So. Yep. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's it's such a late game. I'm I'm gonna be interested to see how many people on the East Coast stay up to to watch a a game that'll likely finish around midnight, maybe a little bit after that. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it it's a it's an intriguing matchup for Penn State and one that certainly will uh will get quite a bit of attention if if Penn State's able to to win its first NCAA tournament game since 2001. So. What do you think? <laughs> like, uh, I saw Andy Katz had Penn State going to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or something like that. So yep. are you high on this team's three-point style, their resurgence on defense, and their better mentality uh, all sticking through the Big Ten tournament? Now, remember, before you answer that question, they spent four days shooting at the same rim. Yeah, Different gym now, and this team has been very finicky about what is and isn't a good shot for them on the road. That's a, that's a great question I, because they didn't really ever, they didn't ever, I guess, I guess they did a little bit against Northwestern um, and maybe a little bit against Illinois, but it's not like they were getting as hot shooting as we've no. seen them. It's not, it's not as though they were just like unstoppable. They didn't bottom out, which is as important. They totally. were still able to hit shots at key totally. moments instead of just going radio silent. Yeah, I think I think the 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 characteristic of this team over the last four weeks of finding ways is what's important here because yeah. they have that experience and they are so old. This is the environment where that pays off. And I think it's the same environment that you saw pay off for the Big Ten tournament. Like there were plays, there were things that they did that I'm not going to call Penn state an overall great, you know, like this physically imposing team or, or anything along those lines. But when they needed a stop, they got one Yep. when they needed a, a play, whether it's a, a three point shot or, or just a, a bucket in the lane or to get fouled or whatever they did it. They did that for the duration of the big 10 tournament. And yeah. I, I think that's a powerful thing to have that's a powerful attribute to have in with you when you get into an ncaa tournament setting so i i absolutely give them 
a great opportunity. I mean, I think it's a great chance. I'm not going to say that they are, should be picked or that, yeah. you, you know, but uh, is there, is there every chance that they can win this game? Sure. I do think that they're going to have to shoot it well though. Yeah. Which is so, the stupidest thing, most obvious thing that you can possibly say, but I, I would have, but no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they necessarily shot great. Like you said, during the big 10 tournament, but they, they found ways to win. They played everything you just said. And one more thing that I think is interesting. And this is my next question to you as somebody who doesn't watch the NCAA tournament. I just, I've never really watched the NCAA tournament. I've followed Penn state basketball. So I've watched the NIT way more than the tournament. So do the whistles act differently in the tournament? Because I think they acted very differently in the Big Ten tournament, and that leveled the playing field for Penn State. Everything we talked about all season long, it felt like the whistles were a little more even. felt like things were a little bit more neutral. And I don't know if that's a perception or a reality, but it is a thing. So in the tournament here, what are you thinking, and, and, and what's your observation about will they get an even whistle again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was not an well, first of all, Penn State would argue with that Purdue game and the whistle in that Purdue game. Um, oh, that was not yeah. to their liking. But yeah. overall was my point. The whole yeah, tournament felt different than the regular season. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah. In any case. Um, no, but it's going to be it's going to be fascinating because there, this is such a contrast in free throw shooting teams to begin with. Yep. Right. I mean, Texas A&M basically has doubled Penn State up on free throw shot this this season. Uh, Penn State is like sixth worst in the country for free throws attempted. And Texas A&M is number one. <laughs> they get to the free throw line like 20 times a game, 19 times a game and make a ton of them. So, yeah. right. It, it, so I will be very interested to see how this game is called. Uh, that's what they do. They like Texas A&M uh, is so penetrating in style they're they're, they're just tr constantly trying to get to to the rim that yeah. they're going yeah. to draw contact and they're shooting fouls so they get to the free throw line penn state right so much of their offense is three points shots but also the two point shots being a lot of kind of crafty stuff physical stuff from jalen pickett mid-range yeah. you name it that i mean and we you know we've been talking about jalen pickett's complaints all season but yeah. like jalen is Jalen's the only person on Penn State's team that has more than a hundred free throws shot this year. I think I think that's the number is yeah. is more than a hundred free throws shot. Uh, there are f four of five of their starters at Texas A and M have shot more than a hundred free throws. Awesome. Like, so yeah. here here's the other here's the other part of it too, and that I think you make a really good point about like the the uh, like the the fouls that are going to be called. I guess the question is, we've seen Penn State have a very different game plan and a very different ability to shoot if you're calling touch fouls and grab fouls on the perimeter. So, totally. it, you know, that's going to be interesting as far as how this crew that they get tonight calls the game. And I guess that's why, because if they can get freed up yeah. to shoot, this is going to be a very dangerous team. But if the tournament is playing things uh, a little bit loose and they want to get guys to the rim and they want to, it's a little more free flowing and they're not calling as many fouls in it. Uh, Big 10 basketball is very a specific brand of basketball. So maybe that won't be the case. I'm just, I want to find out. That's the thing I guess I'm interested in learning about. I did not get the set. I mean, and, and look, I watched uh, two or three Texas A&M games before we recorded this. Uh, I, I did not see them doing that to anyone 
right? Like they, mm-hmm. they weren't doing that to Alabama. They, it just, it's just a different style of basketball. Like it, it, it's visually looks different from what they're doing in the SEC and, and specific to Texas A&M because that's the team that I'm watching, but uh, it just, it just doesn't appear to have the, uh, I don't know if like in your face, they're just, they're not glued to you on the perimeter. Right. That's just not what they do. And, and, and so I, I would be, it's not about whether or not officials are calling it. It's about whether or not Texas A&M chooses to approach it that way. Is that, is that how Texas A&M wants to muck up right. this game? Right. And, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it, certainly you would expect them to be ready for Penn state's three point shooting, but yeah. to, to what extent uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's why you're the expert. That's uh <laughs> In, yeah. excellent insight there no that's legitimately that's that's a that's a a very good observation to end the show so we'll see it all bluewhiteillustrated.com he's got a preview out um we're going to have uh coverage live in game thread as always bluewhiteillustrated.com on the message board so join us uh that's nate bauer i'm thomas ryan Carr. this is the hoop show hopefully well no matter what not the last one but hopefully not the last one last one uh we'll see what happens after tonight We'll talk to you then.